0: Welcome to the Dipshit Files, episode 65. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper.
1: And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And what do we got going on today? This, uh, today we're covering several cases that were solved, unsolved cases, cold cases that were solved through genealogy. Genealogy. And DNA.
0: Science shit? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, this sounds fun. This is like 50, 60, 70 years back in history Uh, and they're able to find it today?
1: Not that far. Well, some of them, yeah. Actually, yeah.
0: Well, fuck, let's find out what it is in this Dipshit Files. (sighs)
1: So information you share about your family's DNA might actually be helping authorities catch suspects wanted for violent crimes.
0: I don't know what to think about that. So there's good a, bad there's good, a, Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a woman and her name is Cece Moore. She's head of the genetic genealogy unit at Parabon Nano Labs. Now Moore's right. hobby, uh, she had this hobby of tracking family tree roots, mm-hmm. and it paved the way uh, for some amazing crime-solving methods. Shit. Criminals who would otherwise have gone undetected have now been charged using the same genetic technique as the one used in the case of the Golden State Killer.
0: Nice, recent, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Moore has actually helped close many cold cases just in the past few years.
0: By time traveling? she a time
1: traveler? <laughs> well, it, it's brought closure to many families, so... Today, we're going to look at five cold cases that were solved by genetic genealogy.
0: Oh, huh, cool. Case one of Science versus Psychos.
1: <laughs> so this first case is that of William Clark, the fake radio DJ. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is the case of a 14-year-old girl from Fairfax County who was sexually assaulted in 1987, and this case had gone cold. Mm. Now, her attacker remained anonymous for 35 years until finally DNA had taken, taken from the scene um, and from the victim had identified the attacker as 59-year-old William Clark. Now, at the time, Clark was 24 and was posing as a well-known radio DJ, um, and he was, went by the name Don Geronimo. Mm-hmm. He called the victim's mother at work. And used the ruse of a prize giveaway, convincing her to divulge some personal information about her daughter. Mm. Clark told the mother that she was eligible for a $1,000 cash prize and a trip to Hawaii. I wouldn't want that shit. Now, the catch was her daughter had to be present at the radio station to collect this prize. Okay. Now, after sharing her contact information and her home telephone number, Mm -hmm. Clark then made his move. On March 6, 1987, Clark called the victim's home. He claimed that she was to meet him at the radio station. When she arrived, the girl was told to get into his car with the promise of the prizes. Clark then drove the victim to a wooded area, and once there, he proceeded to sexually assault her. Now, he implied that he had a gun in order to keep her silent. Then, when he was done, He basically left her in the woods and drove off after the assault. Now, the victim immediately reported the incident to the police. DNA was taken and preserved for 35 years. Hmm. In the span of three and a half decades, Clark had gone on to live a full life. He he married. He had a family. He enjoyed a career. He was a poop eater. Genealogical testing abruptly ended this freedom of Hmm. his. Good. DNA from the crime was entered into the National Database and Parabon Parabon. Nanolabs was able to reconstruct Clark's family tree through distant relatives and public records. Parabon
0: Nanolabs will find you.
1: uh, Through testing on both maternal and paternal sides. We'll find you. Clark was the only person Who fit this profile. Found you. Clark was arrested on his way to work and formally charged with abduction and intent to defile. And the arrest closed the case that police initially linked to 70 other suspects. Police issued a statement to all possible victims of Clark to come forward with more information. So essentially... They took this DNA. This is what I find fascinating about this, is they take the DNA profile.
0: They swish it around their mouth a bit.
1: And Parabon Nanolabs Parabon. doesn't just look at the DNA. Right, they taste it. What they do is they break that DNA down. To a milkshake. And they're actually able to kind of guess from the DNA... Certain aspects: uh, what, where this person came from, what part of the the cunt or part of the world they came from.
0: Mm, what part of the country they came from? The the world. <laughs>
1: sorry, is <laughs> that what I said? That
0: sounded like it. I'm
1: sorry. Part of the world <laughs> they came from, eye color, hair color, height. Weight, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I find this really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, these individuals not only had their DNA submitted and tasted, but Parabon Nanolabs actually had an image created no way. of what they suspect the person would look like. Fucking science! Isn't that crazy?
0: I love it. Get, you, get, the future is you're oh, not getting away with shit. You're not shit. getting away
1: with shit.
0: It's going to be very, very peaceful in the future. <laughs> I, hope. I, I hope so. I hope so. Case two of Science versus Psychos.
1: So Alan Lefferts and James Branner, this is the next story. Parabon NanoLabs will find you. On July 2nd, 1996, staff at the Prince Murat Motel made a really gruesome discovery. Oh goody. The body of 44-year-old James Edwin Branner was found in a bathtub of a motel room. Mm. Now, autopsy results later revealed that Branner had died of asphyxiation. But evidence found at the scene included a wash towel stuffed in his mouth, Mm. blood, and fingerprints.
0: Was he missing... And shit?
1: No, he was not. Okay. With no leads, basically no leads at all, the case really went cold quick.
0: It really does seem like a waste of a body for a murderer to not <laughs> harvest the organs. I just thought of that. I don't know why. It's like most, oh, most killers don't steal the organs. Why but they do you sh- have
1: to go there? It's
0: like 15 grand for a gallbladder or some <laughs> shit. Who knows?
1: Well, in 2020, Tallahassee detective Brittany Abel reopened the case after she noticed the abundance of physical evidence that was left behind. With this new technology, she decided to give the investigation another try. Now, at first, there were no leads. Um, she then opted for genealogy testing, which ended up cracking the case. DNA process from the recovered evidence led investigators to Alan Lefferts. The 71 year old man was arrested 26 years after Branner's death. Hmm. Lefferts was formally charged with first degree murder in 2022. By a grand jury The Tallahassee Police Department Alleged that Branner was actually killed During a physical altercation In the motel room Both men were believed to have known each other As the room was registered Under the names of Jim and Al Branner DNA from the crime scene Was used by Parabon Nanolabs Nanolabs. To to test against Possible genealogical matches Mm -hmm. Now this genetic evidence Pointed to a member Of the Lefferts family and eventually pinpointed Alan Lefferts. Hmm. Lefferts was arrested near Jacksonville with help from Baker County Sheriff's deputies. Police later learned that... two Cub Scouts. (laughs) Police later learned that Lefferts was previously convicted. He had actually served time in prison from 1979 to 1989 for the rape and murder of a 15-year-old girl. So Brenner's daughter, Holly McNabb, said she was happy to finally get the answers the family needed. It had been too long. She missed having her father to share the majority of her life with. McNabb commended the Tallahassee Police Department on a job well done and their constant support. So it's another one. They actually got the DNA evidence. They broke it down, went through um, basically like an ancestry Mm -hmm. uh, search. With the DNA itself. Hmm. Uh, It's kind of how the genealogy, from what I understand, uh, it's not like ancestry.com. You can get information there, but
0: it's not DNA. It's
1: similar to that concept. So it's basically ancestry.com instead of your name and birthday, it's ancestry.com with your DNA.
0: So there's some serious shit going on that we don't know about. It's crazy to think about. It has to do with our snot and our. Yeah. 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 Everything that goes down the drain, there's some asshole in some lab that's like, get
1: it quick, get their snot. Oh, is that, that, that jizz? <laughs> get their jizz. That's real good DNA. I lost Gross. a long time. I
0: mean, I mean What else could it be?
1: All right. How so, else are
0: they getting it? Nobody's being like, here's some spit, well, random company cunts.
1: That's how they're getting it. They're, they're getting it. They're just out
0: by people's trash cans. No, like, oh, look at this diaper. This is good. They're
1: getting this DNA. First of all, they're taking the DNA from suspects. And it's going into CODIS, which is the combined... DNA index index system. system. I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. So and, and they're basically recording that There's information. Oh, no and in that <coughs>
0: <shit. laughs>
1: combined. So <it's> CO. CO. <laughs> so they're they're taking uh, DNA from suspects uh, and convicted individuals, mm-hmm. and it goes into this database and
0: our garbage cans and our diapers.
1: And so then um, they're able to people are submitting their DNA all over.
0: Right. People um, want to know all their. ancestry ancestry, right
1: so that information is actually also a database being used against
0: your family if they kill people which i'm not well i'm not against
1: that either you know i'm not this this is a private
0: company that has this shit too right right? it's a
1: very weird thing but this aspect of it um i'm in support of i think it's cool
0: i don't think people will if in the future people are not going to feel like they can get away with shit well and that's probably I, pretty good
1: i think your standard sociopath will likely think twice but, but i think psycho's the psychos gonna, are yeah, going to do it anyways because they, they don't fucking care but
0: by this time we'll have minority report stuff where we'll be we'll be doing we're doing pre-cognitive pre-cognitive <laughs> i can't think <laughs> who knows it's a late night for both of us it here. is
1: it is actually
0: so we're both kind of on well it's, on the it's brain.
1: a little bit of information a little backstory If this if my script this tonight sounds a little uh, clinical, Mm. it's because I lost my script About an hour before we were supposed to record so I had to go back and pull my notes
0: It's a computer ghost now Yes,
1: so my full script aside from the very last story I'm going to tell Disappeared. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm telling you the story from the notes that I collected. Right. So I'm doing my best. You're doing your best. Doing my best. I'm All liking
0: right. it so far. You're doing great, kid. Science versus psychos. Case
1: three. Well, the next one is the Memorial Day weekend murder. So for 32 years, Jerry Rosado remained a free man. That is until genetic tracing finally matched him to a sexual assault from 1990. Susan Nagersmith from Carmel, New York, was visiting friends over Memorial Day weekend in Wildwood, New Jersey. Her body was discovered partially clothed near a dumpster behind a Wildwood restaurant. An autopsy would reveal that Susan had been sexually assaulted. Susan was a 20-year-old girl out celebrating the holiday weekend with friends. Uh, She was looking forward to the vacation before returning home in pursuit of a career in fashion marketing. All of her dreams were shattered when Wildwood police found her partially clothed body behind a restaurant. A bloody handprint was also found on her pink skirt. At the time of the investigation, Susan was covered in cuts and scrapes, and she also had a chipped tooth. Speaking to witnesses, one man, who still remains unnamed, claimed that she had been extremely intoxicated. Despite his efforts to help her back to her hotel, he finally gave up. After several unsuccessful attempts, he ended up leaving her near the location where her body was eventually found. Shit. Other witnesses claim to have heard screaming around the time of her death. That, however, was chalked up to other partygoers just having a good time. Getting worked up over cornhole. The autopsy later revealed that Susan was sexually assaulted and had 26 se- separate points of trauma on her body. Oh, wow. He beat the hell out of her. Her feet were also noted to be clean. Now, this meant she had not walked into the alleyway in which she was found. Yeah, okay. Now, in light of all this evidence, uh, Susan's death was ruled an accident huh. caused by hypothermia. What?
0: 26. Right. Times she fell on the ground.
1: They said yeah. that it was caused by hypothermia, heart failure, and exposure linked to intoxication. Huh. Furthermore, the medical examiner ruled her injuries to be caused by tripping and falling due to alcohol.
0: Would she fall down like a mountain?
1: I don't I know, right? I don't know. Wow,
0: she broke a bunch of bones. She fell down This the is This She'd- is
1: just it. This ruling was made despite her being posed with her underwear removed and draped across her ankles and her shirt and bra pushed up. That
0: sounds like a corrupt movie plot. I
1: right? Think, you know, like... So, shocked by these findings, Susan's family fought hard to have her case reclassified as a homicide. Her father, Ken, pursued this case uh, tirelessly. How
0: fucking frustrating would that be? You fucking, what are you talking about?
1: Exactly. In an interview in 1993, he claimed that it was assumed that she was to blame for her own death simply because she had been drinking. Wow. Ken further alleged that the authorities in Wildwood wanted to retain the reputation of a safe resort town. Fuck. Uh, So they kind of, you know, pushed, I guess, the the coroner to make this, this call. So... A lot of of towns do that. It's weird. It's weird. Forced into battle, the county medical examiner and the state eventually reversed their decision.
0: Finally got somebody in there with a room temperature IQ, I guess.
1: Expert analysis from pathologists provided evidence which proved that Susan had actually been strangled. Fractures were identified in the cartilage around her larynx. Three years after her death, Susan's case was finally classified as a homicide and investigations then began but three years had already passed.
0: How fucking frustrating for that family.
1: DNA samples were taken from Susan's body and were then used by the state police major crimes unit in the investigation. However, progress was very slow and hindered by lack of advancements in DNA testing. Ken, uh, her father, Ken Nagersmith, did not give up. He said Susan had died fighting for her life and he too would die fighting for her justice. Hmm. And he never gave up that fight, but sadly, he died in 2016 before getting closure on the case. Mm. Improvements in DNA testing reignited a spark in the cold case in 2018, though. It was in 2022, however, that some light was shed on the investigation. Cape May County Prosecutor Jeffrey Sutherland said the results were a combination of dedicated efforts and advanced analysis of genetic genealogy. Parabon NanoLabs Nanolabs was able to identify 62-year-old Jerry Rosado as a match to the DNA found on Susan. Hmm. Rosado was a resident of Millville and was charged with second-degree sexual assault. DNA found under Smith's fingernails and from a vaginal swab matched Rosado. Fuck. The investigation placed Rosado in Wildwood around the time of her murder. Now, although confined to a wheelchair, Judge Bernard DeLuri, I hope I pronounced that right. He ruled that Rosado would remain in jail until his trial. Rosado had, up until this point, been living in an assisted living facility in Cumberland County. His bad health did not deter the judge from making the ruling. Delury decided Rosado's conduct uh, was proof that he presented a danger to the public, even if the danger was somewhat lessened by his poor health. Now, he could face up to 10 years in prison if convicted, but we don't have an answer on this case yet because the case remains ongoing. But it's another one where they took the DNA, they put it in, they created a genetic basically blueprint of this person yeah and they were able to find him through his family
0: amazing you're, develops. Develops. you're not going to get away with fucking no, crimes in the don't, future don't folks. kill
1: people don't kill people
0: the pre-crime divisions on it case number four of science versus psycho fuckheads
1: all right so this next one is actually it involves a serial killer um this one i would like to cover in more depth but i'm just going to talk about this one victim um for this story okay so the the victim's name was teresa caroline Filligan, and margaret johns was her sister she states that teresa was a typical rebellious teenager a kid who knew nothing and was easily taken advantage of by a predator mm-hmm. so for 41 years teresa's family were left in the dark without answers after teresa disappeared When she suddenly vanished, Teresa had been living with her sister, Margaret, at the time and going on various job interviews, but one day, she never came back and she was never heard from again. In 1981, remains were discovered in the backyard of a convicted killer, Billy Mansfield Jr.'s family home. One of the bodies would eventually be identified um, as that of Teresa Filligan. Teresa was first reported missing by her sister, Margaret Johns, in 1980. And Teresa was just 17 years old at the time. After years of waiting, the family finally received the answers they'd been looking for. John said that it has giving them a sense of closure knowing she was taken rather than just leaving. Teresa fell prey to the evil of Billy Mansfield Jr., a felon of the worst kind. Mansfield Jr.'s crimes were beyond comprehension. Included in his criminal record was battery, kidnapping, and sexual assault. Hmm. To him, the lives of others were merely there for his personal entertainment. He showed no remorse for any of his actions. Billy Mansfield Jr. was actually convicted of murdering a woman named Renee Saling in 1982 and was given 25 years to life. He later confessed to the murder of four more victims found in Florida. He was then given four further life sentences. Mansfield Jr., along with his brother Gary and father William Sr., they sexually assaulted each victim. Mansfield Jr., however, murdered and dismembered them all. (laughs) He claimed later to have buried them so he could keep them close. At the time of the trial, Teresa was not named as a victim. She was just identified as one of the many Jane Doe's found in these people's backyard. However, as of July of 2022, her remains had been identified. The University of North Texas and Parabon, Parabon Nanolabs. Nanolabs use Damn. DNA.
0: Which are a bunch of aliens, <clears throat> I'm thinking.
1: Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They use DNA to identify each of the buried victims. Uh, though the initial testing yielded no results, Parabon's snapshot technology was able to give them identifying features. So that later
0: it can come <coughs> together in this big old overarching right, that, map of people.
1: Yeah, it's that snapshot technology where they're able to actually take the DNA and give them eye color and hair color and height. It's just
0: definitely aliens,
1: fascinating definitely to me. Fucking aliens. So this latest method used by Parabon was able to give Teresa's family the closure they needed. Johns wants the story of her sister to bring much needed hope to those who whose loved ones are still missing. Yeah. She also plans on keeping Mansfield Jr. locked behind bars yeah. even if it means flying out to testify at his upcoming parole hearing.
0: Case number 5 of Science versus Fuckface Assholes.
1: Jody Loomis, This is our next story and our final story in this uh in this episode. Jody Loomis was 20 years old in 1972. Uh, she was known for being uh, outgoing, outspoken, she was friendly, and she seemed to be liked by everyone that knew her. She lived with her parents, John and Rosemary, her fiance, Jim, and her sister, Jana, in Snohomish, Washington. Hmm. Beautiful place. Yes, absolutely. Uh, she also had a brother, but he was in college and didn't live with them anymore at the time. So jody was artistic she was kind she had an immense passion for riding horses Um, it was just something that she really loved doing and she was at that time taking classes to become a nurse because she loved to help people Mm. so on wednesday august 23rd 1972 jody had decided to actually ride her bike out to the horse stables which was about Six miles from her house in Mill Creek, the area was very rural, and typically Jody would have had her parents or her fiance Jim drop her off. But on this particular day, the weather was nice, and she decided to ride her bike instead. So shortly after 5:30 p.m. on this same day, a couple they had pulled off near a wooded area, and they were looking for some alone time.
0: They called it Whoopi then.
1: Now Fred Durst called it Nookie. There's several different stories here. Uh, depending on where you get your information from, mm. some people say they were friends and they were just out for a hike. Okay. Some people have alleged that there was a, a man and a woman who were having an affair mm. and they were doing their best not to be discovered. But this, they actually debated during this period of time, "What do we do? What do we do? We're going to get caught." And they gave up on the idea of trying to stay secret. Okay. Uh, so they did the right thing.
0: Mm, I see.
1: So as they were driving along this, um, this road, uh, secluded type road, mm-hmm. their vehicle, they came across this blocked, the road was blocked, it was, it, a big branch had fallen and it was blocking the road. So they had to, they couldn't actually get past it. So they had to pull off to the side and the man got out of his car to move the branch. And right away he noticed um, something off to his side. He thought, immediately thought it was a body. Or appeared to be a body not fun so the couple went to investigate and found a woman who had clearly been shot in the head and appeared to be the victim of some sort of sexual assault she had only um, she was wearing only underwear knee socks and boots Uh, when they found her she was actually clutching her bra in her hands the rest of her clothing was on the ground beside her now it was noted by the couple that one of her boots had been tied fully. So they thought maybe she was trying to tie her shoes to get away from something to save herself because she put her boots on before her jeans, Oh yeah. which was kind of interesting. Right. So the couple then picked the woman up. Uh, she was still alive. She was still breathing. Uh, they picked her up. They placed wow. her in the front seat of their car and attempted to cover her body with some of the clothing that they grabbed and they found beside her. Now, she was still alive at this point, but barely. Unfortunately, she was pronounced dead on arrival when they finally made it to the hospital. So this is the 70s, right? Um, There are no cell phones. Mm -hmm. It would actually take more time to pull off and find a payphone and pull off and make a call for an ambulance and wait for it than it would be just to rush to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So that's what they did. The woman had no identification on her so the couple notified the police where they had found her body and the police went back and they searched the scene to find uh, try to find any evidence or anything that may have been left behind now they did find a few more items that appeared to be this woman's um, along with a bicycle they found a bicycle there the next day an autopsy was performed and it confirmed that the woman had been sexually assaulted and she had been shot above her right ear with a 22 caliber gun. They cataloged her clothing and the boots into evidence, and after testing, they would find semen on her underwear and one spot on her boot. Uh, DNA technology was decades away at this point, so they were unable to trace DNA evidence back to the perpetrator, but they could confirm at this time in the 70s that it was semen. It was later established that the woman that they had found was Jodi Loomis. Jodi's mother had called the police to report her daughter missing when she didn't arrive back home after dark. And she had gone off to the horse stables to go ride horses. Mm -hmm. That's something that she did on her free time. A kind person. She would go and help basically run the horses and spend time there. She helped. It was volunteer work, Mm -hmm. muck out stalls and stuff. And they knew Jodi is is not going to be riding horses after dark. You know, so when she didn't return, they called the police. Right. Aside from the semen and the bullet they found during the aut- autopsy, there was no other evidence at the scene of the crime. So the investigators didn't have much to start with. Uh, they did have some suspects, of course, number one being her fiance, Jim, which is pretty standard. It's a standard starting a point in any investigation is mm-hmm. the romantic partner. Yep. But he had an airtight alibi. Jim, poor Jim. Uh, was actually working at the hospital that they brought Jody to oh, that man. evening. He was a janitor there. That was his job.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Turns out Jim didn't even know Jody was there until the investigators started asking questions. Oh, boy. So, they also questioned the family that owned the property that Jody had been murdered on. Reasonable. Now, this was the Rice family. The investigators kind of found it suspicious that the father and the son, that they heard and saw nothing at all. Because when Jody was assaulted, they were basically out there chopping wood okay. during the period of time. That's The son was uh, 17, and then there was the father. They were out there chopping wood. And the police thought it was really weird. They didn't see or hear anything because they were only like 500 yards from what the two men were saying. Mm -hmm. They were only like 500 yards from where her body was found.
0: That is several football fields. So
1: they thought they would hear or see something.
0: You could probably hear. Yeah. But
1: so eventually they were ruled out after questioning, although they kind of stayed on the radar a little bit because there was some weird shit. The father was kind of known as a womanizer. Mm. um the daughter even questioned whether her father was involved or not um, so did the son because of real how, real nice folk how weird he was mm. yeah ultimately though there were no witnesses to this crime there was uh, very little evidence and unfortunately uh Jody's case would quickly go cold mm-hmm. so we're gonna actually jump all the way ahead to 2008. Okay. 1974 to 2008. It's been 36 years since Jody's death. And a group of investigators decided to take a fresh look at Jody's case. With the advancements of DNA technology, investigators from all over the country had new tools at their fingertips and cold cases were being re-examined. This is exactly what was happening with Jody's case. However, upon re-examining the case, investigators discovered that Jody's underwear... The oral and vaginal swabs taken during the autopsy and the bullet from her wound had all gone missing. What? Yep, it was all gone.
0: Just thrown away, probably.
1: I don't know. There was actually another case uh, similar to Jody's that was going on that had been solved just uh, like a year or two prior. Mm -hmm. And it's alleged that maybe that evidence got mixed up. Um, because it was so similar and maybe it did get tossed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's hard to say in, in 36 years yeah, where I that mean, shit so goes. I mean, so many
0: people go, go through there and right. jobs are over and then new right. people. And, yeah.
1: Still think that you should be able to catalog that stuff and keep it safe, you know. I hope so. Yeah, we're human and, and accidents happen, I yeah. guess. Luckily, they still had that boot. I, the th- one, I remembered the boot. Yep. And they were able to test that semen sample from the outside surface of the boot. God damn. They uploaded the DNA uh, sequence that they received. They uploaded that to CODIS, which, if you're familiar with CODIS, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's that combined DNA index. Right. And this database, by the way, database, was created by the FBI. And it, it can store and match DNA from cases all over the country. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but at that time, no matches would be found for this DNA sequence. Despite this, they were still hopeful. And they now had, a, basically had a DNA profile for this killer. Mm-hmm. Jana, Jody's sister said, quote, I want them to sweat. I want them to know we're looking for them. I want them to wonder if there's DNA that can solve this case. Oh shit. She, by the way, Jana never stopped. 36 years went by. Jana never stopped. Every week Jana called. What are you doing about my sister? What are you doing about my sister? Wow! She never gave up
0: well, It's um, her life and it's her sister, that makes sense
1: Yep, she never stopped So mm. during this time though, unfortunately Jody's father would pass away due to a heart attack During that 36 years hmm. He never got to know who killed his daughter But Jody's sister and mother They just never gave up hope They constantly hounded With the new DNA evidence Investigators obtained DNA samples from the initial suspects too Jim, the fiancé and the Rice family
0: The brother and the dad
1: The brother and the dad Everyone was ruled out entirely Sorry they were about not, the main
0: things I said then
1: Right But they were not part of it mm-hmm. uh, So now We're going to jump ahead again Another decade but
0: To boy, 2018. 2018 All right
1: Yes So the cold case investigators then again used the DNA sample, but this time it was submitted to Parabon Parabon Nano (laughs) Labs. The aliens. Yep. Which essentially they a match they match potential family members of the suspect through that DNA test and genealogy. And also saying
0: they do cloning. We don't know about that. (laughs) They just clone everyone.
1: Finally, with this testing, they did find some results. The DNA was matched to what appeared to be some third cousins of someone in the Miller family. So immediately the FBI then began, they got to work uh, building a family tree hmm. so they can narrow down a suspect. This information over weeks would lead them to the probable parents of the suspect. And this was Jaquette and Albert Miller. Mm-hmm. Now they had seven children, Oh wow. <laughs> six sons and a daughter. Okay. there's a lot to this but after further investigation one of these sons had done some pretty bad things in his life okay through these sons they were there was a set of twins that were actually developmentally disabled so then it wasn't them right there was another guy that had zero record at all and he wasn't even living anywhere near when this case happened and mm-hmm. another brother or two brothers had passed away already
0: oh boy well that narrows so, it down quite a bit
1: but when they did they looked into this one brother who was a bad person. Okay. His name was Terrence Miller. He had quite a record with charges against him that included that included sexual-related crimes. Well, now, one of those crimes included lewd conduct when he exposed himself to a minor. Damn. Well, Terrence uh, would have been about 30 years old around the time of the attack against Jody. Uh, not only did he live in the area at that time, he still lived in the area. He yeah. never left.
0: Just didn't even bother to... He like, just. I got around. away with
1: this, Terrence. Uh, he was on his fourth marriage in 2018, oh boy. and he and his wife owned a pottery business together. Okay, and it didn't take long for police to formulate a plan to obtain Terrence's DNA to compare against the DNA sequence found on that boot. In August of 2018, undercover officers began tailing Terrence in hopes that he would drop or leave behind some sort of DNA. Crikey,
0: they were going through his garbage cans and shit.
1: Well, they, they tailed him to a local casino where they watched him as he gambled and drank coffee. And he disposed of his paper coffee cup in the trash. Dude. Knowing that they had him, they quickly grabbed that discarded cup they bagged it for DNA testing. <singing> a little over a week <speaking> later, <speaking> lo and behold, it was a match to the semen swab from Jody's boot. Boom. From so, a coffee cup. Here's the thing. Despite his extensive record, Terrence uh, had no convictions, which was really weird. Uh, he just had many accusations brought against him. So aside from exposing himself to that girl, there was also accusations of rape, molestation of a child. Oh, man. He was also accused of raping his two biological daughters and molesting a third.
0: So he shouldn't be living in that area. He it, should be on an island, right? And you know, probably well, knee-deep in water.
1: So his wife at Something that nice. at that time, um, his wife at that time, which I'm assuming is the girl's mother, um, she actually. I couldn't find confirmation that she was their mom, but I'm assuming that since she's the one that brought allegations against him, she actually found incriminating pictures. She took them to the police and he was charged with statutory rape. Okay. However, this piece of shit was only sentenced to counseling, which he completed. And then his records were expunged. Wow. Isn't, that insane counseling yeah. for raping his daughters. Is he connected in some way? I don't know. I, I just thought this was so weird. This was in the late 80s. Uh-huh. And I mean... There's
0: a lot of weird shit that goes on. I know. It just isn't discussed. So. I, I just
1: uh. can't believe what people used to get away with. Uh, I know. Not all people, obviously.
0: And they didn't get away with it forever.
1: No, no, they sure didn't. I do want to bring up um, really quickly here that... In the very beginning in 1974, Jody Loomis, when they were investigating her, her murder, they actually thought that maybe she was part of Ted Bundy's victims oh. because of uh, where she was found. But they quickly ruled Bundy out and at the time they, they kind of had an idea that Bundy was this, this person who was doing this shit mm-hmm. but they kind of they ruled Bundy out because he had a specific MO. You know, he would wear a cast or he would get himself on crutches and he was
0: play out the sympathy.
1: Exactly. This woman was obviously attacked while she was riding her bike. So it just didn't fit. But it was during that same period of time and in the same location. So anyways,
0: back to the story, back to
1: the story. When they put his DNA sample into CODIS, it didn't come back with anything. So, because he had no record. Mm. They had to actually <clears throat> dig into his background to discover the allegations against him. He was never convicted of anything. Mm. And they never took his DNA because, you know, there's no reason for it. Right. So in 2019, the following year, police were able to finally able to obtain a warrant for Terrence's arrest. They knocked on his door and his wife let them in and they told her the information they had on Terrence. And they arrested him right there. Terrence was now 74 at the time of his arrest. He went very calmly. Uh, He went to the station without incident. During questioning, he denied any involvement in Jody's case. Of course, wasn't there, right? Uh, He claimed he had never even seen Jody before. He had no idea who she was. And this led uh, the police to think that this was probably like stranger on stranger attack. He probably didn't know Jody. Right. Um, just saw an opportunity and took it. Terrence was charged with first degree murder and uh, this piece of shit pleaded not guilty even though they had his DNA. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, from what I understand, bail would not be set for a crime like this for first degree murder. But the judge set his bail at $1 million. Not only that, though, his attorneys turned around and negotiated it down to $750,000. Right. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure why this happened. I'm thinking his advanced age maybe eliminated him as a flight risk. Yeah. And additionally, uh, in a few articles, it was stated that his wife had had a stroke and she was having issues doing things for herself at home. Okay. So So he's going
0: to take care of her. Right. He needed to be there. Or if he pays $750,000.
1: Or I think it's 10%, so right, 75000 so, so the lawyers got it down to 750000 which was paid by his wife after liquidation of some assets. So he was able to go home. He had to agree to GPS monitoring. Essentially, he was under house arrest. He also had to turn in his passport and all of any firearms that he may have had. Hmm. However, after he was released, he went against his terms of bail. Because they actually had a recording. Uh, they recorded him talking to his wife on a cell phone and they were talking about going bowling, which they followed through with. And I, I thought this was really weird. So
0: I don't understand yet.
1: Well, they they talked him and his wife went bowling. He's not supposed to leave the house. She oh. had a stroke. She can't even fucking take care of herself. How yeah. the hell are they gonna go bowling? It's
0: part of physical therapy. With it's his
1: just... with his ankle bracelet? Maybe. I don't know really weird I, I, I think that's really weird I think she cu- lied about that Sounds so like he could be at home but impossible. anyways you can't go bowling if you have a stroke uh, if you can't carry for yourself at home so he was then re-arrested and his bail went back up to a million dollars They he got
0: they, arrested for bowling
1: he got arrested for yeah that a guy. going against the terms
0: of his bail yeah but it was for bowling though so like, ho- how, let me see your scorecard
1: <laughs> let me see how you did what
0: what was worth this for you uh, bud
1: so he went back to da- he went back to he jail. He got a
0: turkey. Fucking that was worth it.
1: And the judge set his bail back at a million dollars. Well, Terrence managed to post bail once again. Wow! And was let out of jail again. I I think this is insane. It the is. guy it's is unheard of, isn't it? He's. It seems to me he's he's going on trial for first degree murder. Although it was a long time. ago. I feel ago. like that's
0: what the lawyers were saying. There's like there's no way it's third. It's thirty years, forty years ago, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, his trial was held in late 2020. Um, Terrence chose not to testify. Now, his attorney, his attorneys tried to throw out the DNA evidence, um, but this didn't hold because Terrence stated that he never even met Jody. He basically sealed his own fate. He if he would it, have yeah. made a mistake or if he would have lied about it and said, oh, I remember her, you know, I don't still don't know how his semen would have ended up on her boot. There's really you no know. way around that one. Yeah. Well, he says, basically, he had no idea who she was. So there's no reason for his semen to be on her Mm route, You know, and that's basically what nailed, put the nail in his coffin. Mm -hmm. So the trial lasted for approximately two weeks, which all this time, Terrence is staying at home. He's going in, he's going home. The day that the jury went in for deliberations to obtain a verdict, it was discovered that Terrence had taken his life with a gunshot wound to the head. Mm -hmm. The day they went in for deliberations... Just hours later, the jury had found Terrence Miller guilty of first-degree murder, and it was unanimous, all of them. It came out later that Terrence had told some of his family members that he would never see the inside of a prison cell. Hmm. Unfortunately, no one ever came forward to tell that information prior to him getting released on bail, because that definitely would have kept him in jail. Nobody said anything. So after forty eight years, the Loomis family almost got the justice they deserved. Sadly, during the trial, Jody's mother also passed away during mm-hmm. that two-week period, so she never got to hear the outcome of her daughter's case. Both parents passed away. I mean, at least her mom knew who it was. Yeah, she got to find out. Right. Those. But both her parents passed away be- yeah, before they got to see justice served. Jody's sister Jana and brother John admitted that they had mixed feelings about the way things turned out which you know I can I can understand. Sh- it's weird that they let him go home. Mhm. It's a weird situation all the way around. Yeah. Wife with a potential stroke, really really old guy, 35-year-old case, longer than that at this point. Bowling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So in December of 2020, Terrence's uh, defense team, they filed a motion to vacate the guilty verdict due to the fact that he was dead before they actually announced it. But Jana pleaded with the judge to uphold the guilty verdict despite the fact that Terrence had passed away and no real justice had been uh, awarded to their family for her sister's murder. Thankfully, the judge upheld that uh, guilty verdict Mm. of murder in the first degree and after 48 years Jody Loomis's case was finally closed thanks to familial DNA
0: hmm. some aliens fucking in their fucking weird company
1: amazing it just blows me away
0: yeah and so basically they've built this mm-hmm. database where they kept putting <coughs> stuff in they're like let's see what we got and they're like well, oh nothing right and then yeah. now they have quite a bit of something
1: well not only do they have CODIS which CODIS has been going on since the early 2000s Kay. and now it's basically it's it's part of the law now that if you're a convicted felon you have to submit your dna hmm. so and i don't know for lesser charges if that's a thing but i know if you're a convicted felon your dna has to be submitted period hmm. so they have codis and they have this genealogy uh dna database that's which, crazy
0: which they've been building and building yeah, and building
1: it's crazy so uh yeah
0: hmm. well you're not going to be able to do crimes no not for long nope
1: no, stop do, doing bad things yeah
0: i mean just stop breaking the law asshole hey dipshits it's time for the conclusion of this week's dipshit files app. so aliens work at the parabon nano labs <laughs> and they're doing some sort of crazy ass shit on us humans
1: i can't believe the advancements advancements in dna it just blows me away yeah
0: and 20 years from now 30 years who from now, knows right it is well Well, they've got you know when you put the ai involved in all of this too mm -hmm. they really won't i mean my brain's having a hard time figuring out how you could get away with crimes i I mean you can't it's real tough to get away with robbing banks and that kind of shit these days they really really make it difficult
1: they have touch dna now they don't even need saliva semen and blood they can get it off just touching something
0: imagine like money you know yeah. you can go through there and it's like oh, I have 10,000 people's DNA on this one dollar bill if right. you had a smart enough computer it could just mm-hmm. like yeah, oh, that's that guy and that guy
1: well especially now that they're doing the um, the, the what is it the snapshot yeah. genealogy is where it they can is just basically
0: take... like taking it, that's coding out the whole yes. DNA of a person
1: exactly they're taking out? that DNA they're mapping it out and they're able to actually find out with your your DNA which is the building blocks of who you are what your eye color is uh, what part of the country you're from or the part of the uh, the world you're from as far as your race goes yeah. they're able to get it all the way down to the odds of you know how much you weigh how tall you are Jeez. male female
0: your age group area all of it what you watch on Netflix
1: it maybe not that but okay. still it's, it's it's right it's pretty crazy I can see you,
0: if you add AI to this mm-hmm. and that's probably oh man. It's going to be weird.
1: It's going to be. You're not. Well, we already can't go anywhere without people knowing where we are. In fact, I'm actually weird. sitting at my desk in front of a, a Mac computer. Yeah. And there's a built in camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, the odds of that camera or whatever are cell phones recording and, and doing stuff without us. You just be a good person. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this kind of gave me an, a thought, I guess, What's an that? idea. Let's say AI gets added to these aliens at. Parabon Nanolabs. <laughs> right. And they start just solving all the crimes that happened in the past.
1: That would be cool.
0: All the things, but all the things that people got away with, like even little crimes. They're like, you jaywalked in
1: 1984. Oh, shit. Oh, yikes. <laughs> time,
0: here's your ticket.
1: Okay, I got it. That's a, like
0: a good way to fund you know the a, AI government. I got a, it's like,
1: I got a jay, jaywalking ticket. I thought... I never knew jaywalking was actually a thing. I thought it was a joke. (laughs) And I was working at, uh, I was in commercial real estate. And I can't remember if it was after hours. I think it was just normal day. But I had basically jetted across the street. There were no cars. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, people were working. I think it was during the day. It was just Did you actually
0: make the form of a J where you're? Going no, across the diagonal. I didn't
1: walk all the way up to the light to walk over. Mm-hmm. I just ran across the street because I was heading over to. There was a pizza place right across. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, what was that pizza place that you loved that they shut down recently?
0: What city were you talking about? <clears throat> oh, Spokane. God. I was in Spokane. Rocky Rococo. Yeah,
1: Rocky Rococo's.
0: Sweet Jesus, I just missed place.
1: I now remember, but I was headed over. we bring
0: r- up something sad.
1: I was ready. I was running over to Rocky Rococo's. Are that's right. And a police officer. I think I did it right in front of his car. That's
0: probably why he's like, "I have I to do this now." I didn't
1: know, <laughs> so he basically talked to me. He gave me a jaywalking ticket, and I was kind of giggly about it because I'm like, "What's that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: jaywalking? Is that like a thing?" I didn't know. I didn't know you can get a ticket. So, anyways, it was like it wasn't very expensive—fifteen bucks—but oh, wow. I still had yeah. to pay it. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: like—or they'll tow you. Right, they'll, I they'll guess. food on your. They put on. <laughs>
1: Make sure you don't... House arrest. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but it was a very interesting thing. But um, yeah.
0: Well, I know before we started the show, you and I had a conversation with a friend of ours, <clears throat> and yeah. I know you wanted to bring this up.
1: Yeah. So, and and I want to open this up to the listeners as well because uh, this a friend of ours kind of brought up something that I I really didn't consider thinking about. And I did give it some thought and I have basically formed my own opinion, but I do want to leave it open to the listeners Mm -hmm. too and hear from you guys. So his whole point was... Who gives a fuck? Well, he's not very fond of what's going on here. Mm -mm. He's not fond of of these old, old cold cases being solved because he said so much time has passed, in his opinion, uh, the people are dead and all you're doing is digging up... um, Ugliness for the family, and right? Stuff, yeah. The descendants of, and Bold he, families, he was the, the he people. was throwing the victims' families in there, and also, and I just maybe these victims' families don't want to find out who killed their family, um, but I couldn't imagine. I'd be like Jana. If somebody killed one of my family members, I would literally be have a sleeping bag at the police station. <laughs> I I'm would not, never let it go. Same, and that's but that's me.
0: Also, though. I think that he might have been missing, and, and I wasn't really part of the conversation that much, but he might have been missing the, the fact that when you catch criminals, even if it's 100 years later right. or whatever, it, it's going to be somewhat of a deterrent to yeah. for people later. Right. It's like, they're going to come for you when you're 70. You want to be in jail mm-hmm. when you're 70? Right. Stop, like, stop killing and people. And it will also keep those people... You know, at least uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for a long time. Right. Because it's like, well, (laughs) Well, you You probably dropped a straw somewhere (laughs) at some point, buddy. (laughs) Right. It might be on camera and it's you. Right. I'm going to find you, you know. These aliens at Parabon Nano Labs.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just, I am curious uh, because he did bring up some points that um, I hadn't given a lot of thought to, namely because I don't care. Mm. That's my opinion. I don't care if it's uncomfortable for the perpetrator's families it's just justice it's, it's like, justice yeah. yep. you know and if the guy's dead okay he's dead but at least we know yeah. you know or the woman is dead at least we know yeah and i have not come across one case of a victim's family that didn't want to know who killed or raped and killed or whatever right. their family member i haven't and maybe i haven't come across it because they're not pushing the issue because they don't want to know i don't know right that's um that's
0: fair He's not the only one that thinks like that, I He sure. can't be. Yeah. He so, can't be. And so be I it would be interesting to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Is it is it going too far right with with this weird stuff? Is there you know Right. Who is knows it what a, the future is gonna look like in this? But, well
1: it it is interesting too. I guess the one thing not so much about the emotional turmoil that it causes uh the the perpetrators' families, but more about privacy. Yeah. I think this might be this is a weird area. That I'm all about for solving crimes. Sure. But if they're going to use it to solve crimes, what else are they using it for? All sorts of shit, perhaps. So, potentially. And I'm just curious, you know, yeah. where where are we at as far as a privacy issue?
0: Well, there's clones of us all over the place, uh, probably all throughout space. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> well, you
1: know, the DNA to ancestry and that sort of thing is actually, it's given freely. Yeah, and that not freely. You actually, people, you actually have to pay. You to, give them money yeah, to do stuff. To with do your, this stuff. To have your DNA. And so you give it to them, and they have it, and uh, what they do with it. I'm sure in the fine print, you know, it's got to be there.
0: Totally scrupulous, right? Totally. So, board. anyways,
1: yeah. I'm fascinated by this. I get really excited when I find that these old cases are being solved. And I also find it really exciting the way they're doing it. It blows me away that they could swab your mouth and then turn around and make a picture of you Mm -hmm. of what you look like.
0: Crazy. And
1: these these photos that they come up with, I've seen them. They're very, very close. Wow. They really are. Some of them are closer than others, but they're all very close.
0: Well, we no longer have. A private life, like our, our parents and grandparents had, right? When right. They were growing up, or mm-hmm. even before. So that's something that human beings are rapidly having to deal with and mm-hmm. having to get used to. But we are, you know. I guess again, this will be something that will just deter crime, mm-hmm. but it will also perhaps, you know, put a lot of power in the hands of people that want to deter. Borderline things too, mm-hmm. where it's like, is that a crime or is that an opinion of a thing? You don't like them because of something, mm-hmm. and you know there's political things that can right. be in it, and all the stupid. Hopefully,
1: shit. we don't have to face that. Hopefully, it's You stays. mean hopefully
0: we'll be old and dead by then? Yes, Barking exactly. A, right?
1: Hopefully, it just sticks to solving crimes. Yeah. It just. Sticks to actual like uh, violent crime justice yeah, well, is what I would like to see it just stay in the violent crime area
0: right because you can doesn't mean you should right like if we stay mm-hmm. if we keep some print we're not gonna though we never do I, I mean, know. they're like well, I mean I guess we have a little bit but they've dropped quite a few nuclear bombs just testing and stuff and they, they <laughs> launched one into the stratosphere they're like I wonder if we could blow up weather where the, know, where the thing know. protects us from the sun let's try it
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> shit that
0: fucked up a lot of things should we do it again? Oh, I don't know. I know. Do you at- flip a coin, jackass? Our
1: outer atmosphere is junkyard at this point. We're a weird species. I know. I mean, it's. Very Could you weird. imagine what it looks like? I mean,
0: <laughs> flying into I know it. These, like these aliens from Parabon <laughs> Nano are flying in. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> pick up after yourselves, you weirdos! Half of these don't even work anymore. It this looks like from junk-
1: 1986. Looks like a junkyard. Mm-hmm. Well. So
0: that's about a, That's about our show i think yeah for the day. that is uh thank you guys so much for listening to thank our dipshittery you. on the dipshit files uh what is it number 65 yeah fucking hey we've done a lot of these
1: yeah thanks for listening well, and they- uh yeah send us that information send us your opinion send us your do i want to hear we want to no. we want your semen samples sent <laughs> no to we
0: don't Box. we
1: don't want your spit snot semen shit none of that <laughs> we don't want to know what's under your fingernails we just want your opinion
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: do ah! not send that shit here oh uh,
0: you you're very worried about that <laughs> uh, we, we have a lot of ketchup chips and we have uh
1: i i the ketchup, the, ketchup chips and all uh, that very stuff. welcome
0: very welcome. if you got pringles out there with ketchup on them mm-hmm. actually somebody sent me i fucking love oh so much
1: one of our listeners sent
0: i wish i had their name in front of me
1: i have it okay can i say it yeah tim tim oh it was, yes it was tim
0: tim sent five or six of these delicious looking uh for popcorn. yeah, They're little shakers for popcorn. He doesn't know, probably, that I'm obsessed with popcorn. I have all the shaker flavors. Right. But I ain't putting fucking ketchup flavors. No, on. he sent but it to But it's your for your the chips. chips. I know. Yeah. I had the thing. It was awesome. And so now I'm going to try that. Yeah. Now, I, this has nothing to do with the Thank you, Tim. files. Thank you, than, Tim. Thank you, Tim. And I'm going to eat those probably soon. i just got to <laughs> go get some regular chips and then.
1: Yeah. I'm excited about
0: it. Very excited. Everybody that only listens to the dipshit files and has no idea what the hell. I know. They're like, what's up with the ketchup chips? I don't know. Yeah, it's not worth knowing. <laughs> Thank you to the trusted turd triad. <laughs> Thank you, our good friends Don, Chris, and Bodie. They mm-hmm. take care of a lot of stuff. You can find uh, Don on the shit box. Mm-hmm. Don on it. He's on the he's, box.
1: He's in in, in the, the box. box.
0: That's it. our Facebook group: s h kitty butthole mm-hmm. asterisk, asterisk T-B-O-X. b o x. You'll find it. It's a select group. We don't let cunts be in there uh, very much.
1: Don't be, be a, a cunt. cunt. Dun, 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 dun. Don't, don't be, be a, a cunt.
0: Um, but that's up to you. Uh, go ahead and try it out, and uh, I'm sure they'll have you. and You'll get mm-hmm. to meet wonderful people, including Don, the Shipbox Wizard. Yes. Uh, we've got our Discord wonderful team. Mm-hmm. Really, all three of the Trusted Turret Tribe are in there. Yeah. Chris, the Discord Dookie Slayer, he's out there you know, yep. doing the things he's he does. He's
1: the man in the Discord.
0: And then we have our Bodie, who is our mm-hmm. quartermaster, and he does quartermaster things. Duh. Uh, <laughs> also, PJ and Minnie, they yes. do our subreddit. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are doing things wonderful that I'd like to thank. We have a meme army, as far as I'm oh concerned. My gosh uh nikki apodaca mm-hmm. is always doing cool things but god damn thank awesome you guys people. for all the things that you guys do for Scatcast and our fam mm-hmm. i can speak for jeff and shaden too it's like it's a pretty overwhelmingly lovely thing that yes. you guys do for us every day we get lovely messages from you guys wonderful and directions to go ideas for shows Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really cool please continue Uh, it makes all the things unless you don't want to I'm not your fucking dad don't you don't have to tell me about your life (laughs) but if you want to tell us about things we are certainly it's been one of the coolest things Mm -hmm. about all this so but yeah there's fat cats and our, our patreon people to thank yeah there's many many things to thank and uh, if you guys want to join the patreon community our litter box mm-hmm. it's i think you just go to a website and you yeah. type it in you know how to do that Yep. um but as always we'll talk at you in the
1: future and it'll seem like present because we love you bye bye <laughs> Bong. The bongs, the bongs. Good lord. Ew. I know. Need a tissue? Mm-hmm.